0: I don't yeah. know, have you ever scored for a corner, turn? have you ever taken a corner? I've never, absolutely not, I only give them away. Okay, let's talk about the Irish guys. Keep up to date with the latest WSL action and the biggest interviews. Subscribe to the Coy Gig podcast stream on the OTB Sports app now. Brian O'Driscoll.
1: I'm off the ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Now, we've loads to talk about. Brian O'Driscoll in the studio. Great to have you in. You're very welcome. Thanks, Joe. You were at Twickenham on Saturday. Everybody there says that it was an extraordinary atmosphere, an extraordinary
0: sense of occasion. Yeah, certainly it it felt that. We were in the studio, so you've got to get through a pane of glass to appreciate it, but it, it was loud and you could hear... Clive, I was sitting between Clive Woodward and Johnny Wilkinson. and Clive made reference to it was as loud as he's remember it from the good old days.
1: <laughs> with
0: a tear rolling down his eye. He Hi. has sick that he had to share <laughs> and, uh, one of his at fav- savoured atmospheres but um, no it did feel raucous it did feel ra- loud and, and that you know with all of the penalties that were coming England's way and the way they were winding the crowd up and celebrating every penalty like it was a score in itself or a match win in itself just heightens the crowd's yeah. you know enthusiasm for getting behind them so you know for everyone that was an annoyed at and listen don't get me wrong I watched it again today and I was I was annoyed at all of the celebrations of it but people are very short sure. Memoried as well, you know, think about Tyke Furlong's big pump pump of the fist last year, this time last year, and um, in the the similar fixture, so back in the Aviva. So it it happens, it comes in in roundabouts, and you have to do what you got to do to really get the momentum swinging your favour, particularly if you're a man down.
1: Yeah, they're not totally empty gestures, you ride that momentum, you're emotional. Ireland have had many a performance based on that.
0: Forwards and scrum play is all about is all about one-upmanship yeah. and about getting the mental edge after the physical edge and reinforcing it and that's why you see so many of them feel so pumped after a big scrum penalty because it's bigger than just that moment. Yeah, it's a psychological psychological battle that that front rowers and front five need against their opposite man that really fuels the rest of their performance as well and, and it can act as a real catalyst because it's it's significant. Penalty is a shot at goal or it's 40-50 metres down the park in, in a you know, relieving pressure or setting up a great line-out opportunity. So it does. Ha- it's significant besides just that very split moment itself. On the scrum,
1: We had Fiona Hayes on yesterday. She broke it down brilliantly for us about what was going wrong and what was illegal. What's your scrum knowledge? Would you have looked at that, say, across those 80 minutes in real time and thought to yourself, there's something odd here? Yeah, I I
0: think you've got to look at some of of the experience of the players, the reputations um, and how frustrated some were. In particular, Ty Furlong, he was... Um, a pain to tell the referee that he just couldn't understand his decisions and obviously he felt there was huge illegality going in. I have to say in real time it was very hard to call it. I thought having watched it back I thought Sinclair was pretty square and if anything once or twice I thought keen Healy was under pressure and, and ended, you know, ended up caving in a bit. On the other side I, I don't know to be honest with you. Yeah. Um I have to leave it to. That's not my area of expertise. Genge will tell you one thing, and Furlong will tell you another. So, yeah. I, I, you know, leave it to Fiona Hayes and everyone else. But looking at it, I think what you're always looking for, if if something does, um, if a scrum does turn, it's who is the squarest team while that's happening, and I think. For a couple of times certainly the early penalties that England got they felt as though they were the squarest team mm. and that they weren't breaking up they weren't as a unit as a five man unit in particular yeah. and if you look at the spacings of the second row as well where they were you know kind of there was gaps between them you know that they're under huge pressure then
1: Yes do me a favour and move your microphone on the other side of that notebook of yours and we'll get those dulcet tones Sorry so about that okay. if you're captain in that scenario i.e. Johnny Sexton and you're also looking at the scrum and you're not too sure what the hell is going on. But you need to try and reason with the referee in some way. Uh, there's not much you can do, really, or because they, they did seem to have a few consultations with the referee. It didn't make much difference. And then somebody like Nigel Owens is writing on the Sunday saying, well, that streak of six consecutive penalties to England at the scrum could have been 4-2, if not 3-3. So something was really going awry. It seemed it was very difficult on the field for Furlong or for Sexton to try and communicate with Reynal.
0: Yeah, and, and listen, that's where your diplomacy really comes to the fore about trying to get decisions in other areas if, if, if he goes in with a mindset or feels as though his decision making is swayed by by an action he's seen you've got to go and try and change or pivot or, or just modify something and and all you can do then is bring to his attention what you feel the issue is and once he knows about it he's going to look out for it the next time um, and, and unfortunately that only sometimes happens after you can commit two or three penalties that with the same infringement in inverted commas. Um, so it, it's a difficult thing to manage as a as a captain. It is, or as a as a pack leader, because you know sometimes some referees they're not for changing, and um, and you just have to kind of you've got to tough it out, and you've got to find a way um, to stay in that fight. You've got to think about getting your technique spot on, and 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 just all you can do is bring it to. You know, his attention, and if he's not going to bite on it, like yeah. what can you do?
1: It led to such an absorbing game because, on the one hand, a scrum that dominant, that team is going to win, and yet on the other hand, they're down to 14 men. They're also at home, which is a big advantage, but then Ireland's attack is much better. So you've got all of these yeah, different yeah. weights and counterweights, and it kept us guessing a touch. Generally, I presume. Yeah, well, you've been in that instance where Ireland scrum at Twicken and went to pot per Tom Court thrown to the wolves almost. I, I was
0: thankfully watching.
1: Were you? from a bar in
0: New York okay, at the time? Okay, so okay. yeah, no, I was rather relieved. But there's not, not much there. you can do in, in, in generally. There, there, in those there really instances. isn't, particularly yeah. when, particularly when it's your sub, you know, has come on because you've got an injury and there's nothing. You can't look to the bench. You look to the bench and it's empty, and um, yeah, it's it's very frustrating because then with every you know there's a tentativeness. It happened to us in. Um, in the Heineken Cup in two thousand and twelve against Northampton that first half, getting destroyed in the scrum. And it makes you a bit more anxious on the ball. You knock the ball on oh no. The nervousness around ball handling because your scrum is is, you know, sprinting backwards and then all of a sudden do you realise the knock on effect to each error okay. is you know momentum to the opposition and just shows in the second half of that game we turned it around and we got the the better of them in the scrum, and, and that was the turning point. Mm. So it, it's still such a huge aspect of the game, and like it or low, that it, it's great that it can be determined by something that is very specific to a group of individuals. Back to kind of we, here I am talking about I have 15 years' experience of playing in the game, eight as an analyst, and I I've, I think I know some things in the scrum, but I just couldn't properly pull apart what the mm what the nuances are what what the difference was that Ellis Genge was specifically doing on Furlong was he boring in were they both trying to target the tight end is that not the norm it's just it's not a skill set that I've had to really get into as an analyst I want to know a little bit more but it feels as though you could look at the same scrum a few times and you could get a couple of different Mm. outcomes and that's to do with referee interpretation as well Something you would have a good feel for is
1: Ireland's approach against 14 men in possession. So there were 17 turnovers, which is high. And at times, and there are various examples of Ireland forcing the pass and throwing an offload when, you know, after, well, a 20 metre break inside opposition 22, just hit the deck and this will be a numbers game and Ireland will score a try. So there were definitely accusations of, well, certainly sloppiness, but also poor decision making. And I've heard the counter argument is, well, if we're going to really embrace this style of play, and if we're going to really encourage offloads, then at times we are going to see Ireland force it. And we can't get too pent up about that because in the end, they still wear a team down. They still get four tries.
0: Yeah, I, I think there are two interesting arguments. I, I think, first of all, let's go f- second one first. I, I I agree. I think we want to play that game and we want to be an offloading team and we want to, um, from a public point of view we want to be entertained but it, they've more chance against the best teams in the world if they become play this style change the point of contact that's the reality of it. knock it into an arm wrestle that said I thought the timing of some of their offloads was wrong and they you offload pre or post contact they were offloading a few times in the middle of contact and there was a really good example of Furlong I wrote a few of them down there was one from Lowe there was one from Byrne one from Furlong all in close to try scoring opportunities 5 or 6 meters out furlongs when he got whacked big shot but he you know when he felt the impact of it he was bracing himself for the offload he just had to tuck that another phase if you get hit in a big way a man like him not expecting it mm-hmm. going to properly knock him off his stride even though he's a you know great ball handler just took it and and plays for the next um, you know for, for the next phase Byrne likewise uh, Marchant did a great job on him and, and just managed to scrag his hand and tried to get an offload to Henderson just one more phase and it felt like there was lots of times we were yeah. talking about one more phase the first half I thought they kicked the ball away a couple of times when they when they needn't do it you know, for the Conan try, I think it was the only time in the whole game that they got above 10 phases.
1: Yeah, like that that's, was that's minute, unheard of. One minute, 54 seconds, that passage.
0: That's unheard of for this Irish team, you know, to only, like, w- against 14 men, think about it. What do you want to do? You want to tire them, you want to hold them, you want to, you know, make them, you know, scrummage first of all, and then bring those front rowers through another mm. dozen, a dozen or so phases and you're going to find a mismatch. You're going to get Hugo Keenan or Gary Ringrose on one of the bigger mm. units who are going to be fatigued and not going to be, you know, as clear and and concise as they would have been in other parts of the game. So, so why do you I think, just think they did it? Why do you I, think they did it? I don't know. Like there was, you know, once. Conway kicked it away another time Sexton and they made a break up that right side with that great uh, Keenan offload Conway told them to chip and chase but like there was there's three or four of them in support like hold on to it just bring them through the phases and another day the bounce of the ball maybe sits up for Conway and he might score a try but we're you know all we can call is what we saw and it just you thought hold on to it hold on to it they were so good with ball in hand that's the other thing why kick it away why give the opposition a chance to get the ball back just take ownership of it be miserly with possession and force them into making those 50-50 calls whether you don't know it's front door or back door mm. and, and Ireland's shape looked great it did at times just felt the la- last bit of cutting edge was missing and it was at times offload quality poor pass quality once or twice um even on that pivot, you know, type burn through a couple of passes down on the ground behind that they recovered well and didn't lose possession. But small things like that—that that goes to hand and you create one more chance out wide. And the more times you create, the more chance yes. you have of breaking any team.
1: So did you come away then, kind of? Because some people did come away frustrated, even though we're talking record-winning margin at Twickenham, and I suspect it's that area that in particular frustrated them, and a few sloppy penalties, I'm sure as well. Did you come away saying, "Oh, come on, we got it"? Got to be much better and sharper there, or do you see it as look? It's positive they're having a real cut in
0: Twickenham at the time. Frustrated. Yeah. Um, I'm glad the the the, the game, and the shape that they they tried what they did try and just inaccurate. And I think it's easy to fix that inaccuracy. That's the thing. You know, I look at that. You know, countering some of England's shape, they they do something similar, but their lines of running, just not where we are, which is. Um, you know, which would be frustrating from their perspective but watching the game today jo- Jamie George once or twice ran pretty pathetic lines you're not going to stick any defender whereas he runs hard at one occasion Doris has to bite in Marcus Smith is around the corner he made a break against Wales got an offload there, 20 metres up the pitch mm. as a result of, of George's line Doris sees it sure he's not getting it bounces out pushes every defender out and they're able to use the touchline as an additional defender that, they're the margins one person not doing their job has this massive knock on effect to them not getting the line break that they should have done if everyone does what they're expected to do so from uh, from an Irish perspective, it did feel as though get everything perfect, but it did feel as though we continued to go in the right way in what we 're trying to achieve yeah. of making people forcing them into making decisions in fractions of a second
1: yes and it's good that Ireland are having the bravery to do that at Twickenham and I mean, not just at home against Wales You know, it's and,
0: and it's, it's, it's challenging against 14 men, men. it is there's a galvanising effect you know that's a home crowd our penalty count was frustrating that, that 15 besides penalties the, besides the scrum penalties yeah. there, geez, there was a couple of really really silly ones and um, I don't have to go naming names, but, geez, there was one before. The one we scored the try and then the one we, we gave them just before halftime slapped, you know, an arm in a ruck yeah. um, to give them, to make it 15-9 versus 15-6. Like, that's significant. Mm. You know, go in 15-6. We've just taken the momentum and now we've just given them something back. So, like... Well, even after, when, when
1: Doris went over for that try, which was ultimately disallowed, I think it crossed everyone's mind, we're going to win 100-0.
0: I thought it was going to be 25-0 or (laughs) 25-point differential at that stage. I was like, this could be a rout. Yes,
1: and so that probably built big expectations, which then, when they weren't met, added to the frustration. But just looking at the game back again today, it was suddenly on about 25 minutes when England win their first scrum after Ireland had won the first one. Then Ian Ian Henderson, two, three minutes later, gives away a very needless penalty and Ireland get away with it. And then Johnny Sexton gets ahead of the kicker, gives away a penalty. Donald Lennon is saying, oh, that is criminal. And suddenly it's eight points to six Mm. from thinking we were 15 nil and going to kick on. And around that half hour, 35 minute period, the atmosphere changed and there was a sense, oh, England have something to get hold of here.
0: Like, how many tries have England scored in the Six Nations? How how many teams have they cut open? How many try scoring opportunities have they created? Mm. So few. What do they do against Wales? kicked their goals, took, took advantage of penalties. And penalties do come from squeezing the opposition and forcing them into making bad decisions. But God, they'll be very frustrated by some of the penalties they gave up. Gave up. Yeah. Like that's just access into the game where, you know, particularly if you're in possession or you're, you're in total control. And by the way, this Irish defence has conceded three tries in the Six Nations. One of them was an intercept. Mm. Um, and two against a very, very potent French attack. Yeah, one of them so, forwards, so we're now down to one. <laughs> there you go, right? So, Like our defence yeah. is to be backed. And and that's why that those silly errors, those holding a guy's hand in a ruck, when there's no major pressure, I don't mind doing that when you're definitely going to score, they're definitely going to score a try and you feel you might get away without giving away a yellow card. There's good penalties to give away. Sure. Or, but that they were just, there were some really, really silly ones that would be very frustrating. And and it just, it gave England a leg up, the yes. leg up that they needed. and On England, Eddie Jones said afterwards, we want
1: to be an old-fashioned England pack and a new-fashioned England attack. And the first part I could see, yeah on their attack, I mentioned these stats last night, so apologies for repetition. But just to get your thoughts on where they are, metres carried Ireland 555 to England's 214. Ireland had 192 passes. Ireland's passes is off the charts the last couple of months. England had 69 passes. Ireland had 143 runs. England had 59. And then just defenders beaten. Ireland 26, England 7, and 8 clean breaks to 1. What were the offloads? Uh, England weren't so bad on offloads, actually. I don't have them to hand. You asked me the one statistic I don't (laughs) have, but they weren't horrific. But this new-fashioned England attack looks about as reductive and simplistic as it gets I mean I, w- I did say last night if Eddie Jones didn't have this great body of work behind him at World Cups there'd be major doubts now over, over where they're going or what they're working towards Well
0: he bought himself some time didn't he this year, this week by talking about how everybody does catch up in the three months before a Rugby World Cup and I agree with them. they do you've mm-hmm. got the pre-season together so you will have time to kind of bed in principles and and, and kind of add to the foundations and there should be more than foundations under under him but you know the building blocks of what you're trying to to, yeah. to where you're trying to get. To. It is because you don't have much time together, um, so so it does feel like he was buying himself time. But I, I would be pretty unimpressed with the English attack over the course, not just in the, that game, but over the course of um, of the Six Nations. Yeah. Take Marcus Smith out of that. I, I know you're talking about. If you take any one star player, but like the the couple of tries he scored, the line breaks he's had. Um, it felt as though he's had to create a lot on his own yes. rather than the shape itself creating it.
1: By the way, on, um,
0: you know, there's just where
1: we have gone with rugby, say, it feels in particular the last maybe decade, whereby Eddie Jones is coming off fifth place in the Six Nations last year. He's now openly talking to the English rugby public this year about how, yeah, I'm just trying a few things out and it's, it's all about the World Cup. Like, and even Ireland games, and we're as guilty of it in this studio as anyone, we have this amazing game at Twickenham. You know, life to be lived, enjoy the moment, a thrilling game, and almost the first thing we say is, well, what does this mean about the World Cup? Like, we're in danger of distilling four years down to just
0: World Cup. Are we not now... An obsessed nation around rugby yeah, world. Yeah, but
1: but I don't like Jones almost just giving you, away. But that's not just you. No, it's not it's just it's me. It's actually I'm including Eddie Jones. Like Eddie Jones, kind of turning around to the English public and saying, after our fifth place last year in this in the Six Nations, and this is an experimental Six Nations, like we've got to be careful here or we're going to reduce the Six Nations to like, you know, the FA Cup disappears and that's a, it's a different parallel. But, you know, let's, we need to keep the importance of these tournaments. Otherwise, there's no point watching rugby except for a month every four years. Because nothing else seems to matter the way we're going on.
0: Yeah, they're just words though, aren't they? Well, I you hope know? so. But then I, I look at England and not like Jones's We all approach. know that, yeah, we all know that that the Six Nations is still you know, the pinnacle global tournament outside Rugby World Cup. Like, they, that's why we've got the World Cup winners trying to get into it, right? <laughs> <laughs> trying to bail from, arguably, sure. well, the best team in the world, comes into the best team in the world, yeah. more often than not. Yeah. One of the best teams, two-double World Cup winner. Um, and so I, like, I don't... I don't worry about where the Six Nations you don't, is going to okay. be because... I just feel it's in World Cup warm-up territory very soon if we keep going along this route. Like, they're all, they're just, they're just words, you know. I, I really, I feel as though it's what we as supporters and fans and pundits and analysts make of it rather than necessarily just one coach. And 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 listen, it, it's a foreign coach coming in and maybe he doesn't see it like we've always treated it we, we hasn't he hasn't grown up with it mm. so maybe he doesn't feel the need to have the same respect for the the yearly event that is six nations that he sees it as climbing blocks to get to this world cup and that's very mel, may very well be what he sees it as mm. but i'd be pretty confident that he's not going to be there in 2024 And thereafter, so like I think we have to take an awful lot of what we hear from Eddie Jones with a pinch of salt when he says good things about us, or when he says bad things about us, or when he says anything about our prized possession, Mm. the the prize cow. Like, let's let's not stress ourselves too much. We know what it is. Mm. We know it's great. We've got a weekend coming next weekend where two of the three games are going to be significant. um, Where you're going to have hopefully one team in the lead. And then you another team trying to take that lead. Yeah. The
1: 5022 is quickly becoming everybody's favourite rugby law. I was about to say rule there. Law. It's such it's been like it's worked
0: a plum, hasn't it? Well, if you look at it as well, if you look at the first try, the um, James Lowe try, Marcus Smith is in the backfield and he's covering the touchline back there. And he's right, like he's almost in the five meter channel. Because now that's where you have to be. And we see so many more kicks down the middle now because that's that's where the space is. Everyone's marshalling the 15s. So naturally, if you want to kick the ball, you want to hit grass, that's the only spot that you're going to actually land it. Um, But as a result of that 50-22, there's such knock-on effects to the positional sense of where those guys are. And he's worried about giving that away. And where Ireland strike from is just, I think it's just inside their own half. And... Then they unlocked them, and if you're critical, he could have closed the gate maybe a little bit early, but it just seemed a little bit too easy for Ireland. But there's small little aspects to that fifty twenty that that impact the positional yes. sense in in tries as well as just kicks where oh, I've got to cover this. So it leaves space in the front line and that's where teams, clever teams go after it. Yes. As Ireland did. Yes. And as well, it was really interesting, the, the first, like Harry Randall had just taken the quick tap to try and speed the game up before, about a minute before our try, maybe 90 seconds before our try, is was quite a long sequence. He ended up at guard and when the ball was thrown outside, he was exhausted having taken the quick tap and gotten mm. back into, into defensive mode. So I was talking in the studio and, and Johnny Wilkes was like, no, 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 not quick taps. He's like, slow it down, slow it down. <laughs> we, we're looking for an arm wrestle here yes. today. We do not, we do not <laughs> want high tempo. These lads need a break. They don't need to, yes. you know, to, to work their engines in the first you know, 10, 15 minutes of the game when they've got 70 more to go with, with one man less. He's, is
1: such a better performer at eight that that has to be the starting point in the back row
0: now? I he's just such a good footballer. I I think I think he's fine in both. To be honest okay. with you, I so really d- do. Doesn't have to. It's not. I think he's going to get. Difference. The thing is, will he get? Wh- where will he get his hands on the ball more often? Eight. Yeah. So probably then, yes. Okay. Um, because you want. Someone of his ability to be able to ball play as much as he can. It remains the fact that him and Kaique are the ball, two best ball players in our pack, and they run the same. They show the same shape. They run the same intensity, no matter what they're doing. Um, and they're that. They've, they've got that much football that they're comfortable in the, in in the same position, showing the same picture to the defense. And so then it's up to you to decide what they're going to go and do with it. And when you can carry as well as both of them. Or you can tip in and out, or you can pu- pull it out the back. Very, very difficult to the def- uh, player to defend again. So, um, it's it's tough on Jack Conan because you know he he did nothing wrong last year. Played very well, particularly in that England game. You know, didn't do anything wrong in the Lions tour. Played all the, three tests. But if you're looking at pure football, you got a different beast in in Doris, right? And and he's still young, and he's still maybe you'd love to say you'd you'd love to feel as though he's another couple of kilos to put on, maybe to be able to deal with those really big physical back row packs. You know, a few people said maybe he was out muscled a little bit against Aldrich and um, and that and in and that French back row. You know, he was still he was still very evident in that game, but he's very very exciting to to watch because he he just. I think he sees and reads the game extremely right. well and then he's got that physical attribute to go with it. And who jumps out to you as the sixth then? Um, I, I don't know. You see, that's the thing. It is It is then sometimes about getting your best players in the park or the best ball carriers and Peter O'Manni comes in and does a Fantastic job off the bench, nearly the whole time. Now, so it feels are we? Do you get more from him over twenty or twenty-five minutes than maybe you do over the course of eighty? But then sometimes he has one of those monster performances that we've seen at bi- in big games mm-hmm. more often than not. So, <clears throat> so I don't know. I don't know who. Um, who's you know? It's um, yeah. It's it, it's Van der Fleer, Doris, and then Doris at six and Conan at eight or Peter O'Mahony for now. Uh, but I, I don't see that changing. Unless, you know, Coombs comes through at eight and and shows something more than he has so far and Doris does go to... Because I think Coombs has good hands too. I think he's a baller. Um, he can play and sees it really well. Good offload game. Again, good intellect. So if he just steps it up that next level that gives the coaching ticket the confidence, maybe maybe he could play six or Darf play six or they, you know, they swap, I, I I don't know, but at the moment I think it is the guys that were in that 23.
1: Okay. I think everybody's heart sunk for James Ryan. Mm. It's an awful thing and he's off the back of a tricky year on the concussion front and we wish him well. No one's even debating whether or not it's a red card, so obviously a red card. These high hits, uh, it seems a red card is not enough of a deterrent. Like, it's hard to get a read on why a two to three year, four year campaign now on World Rugby's part with red cards being dished out at a frequency we we've never seen before? Why that's not bringing high tackles down almost overnight?
0: And uh, that, I mean, would you be surprised this weekend if there's another red card for a high tackle? No, you wouldn't. It's it's. I think we are frustrated by it. I think we are. And Charlie Ewes, as soon as he saw the replay, knows that it was a red card. He's not. He's not denying the fact that it was. Yeah, you no. Know, just the referee had no decision whatsoever. I didn't see it in real time, but as soon as you saw the first replay, head on head, mm. it's, the, it's the tackle that, they're, that World Rugby are trying to get of. If you don't have any hinge at the hips, you don't have any mitigation. Therefore, you're always high, dangerous, with force. It's It's a red card. They're trying to get red card down. If you don't give them an in with any of those factors, you're going to be sent off. Mm. And be it after 42 seconds or you know 42 seconds into injury time it's going to be the same colour so it's um yeah it's frustrating for um for for England and it's for it's frustrating for world rugby but I think we just have to stick with it and mm. I don't know what the alternative you just eventually coaches will have and and we're still going to I think we're still going to have red cards That's yeah, th- sure. they're not going to go away but th- the other side of things is we've we're bringing Heights down significantly elsewhere as well. Yeah. But we have to remember those sort of shots were play on. It was a rugby incident a few years ago. So, so let's not forget we've taken away lots of situations where before players would have gone high yes. and now their technique is good, but we're not analysing it. that was great technique. That's true. We're just taking it as a given. Co- Ellis Genge, yeah. sorry, as well, in co- studio, we talked about the, the big hit being gone. Mm-hmm. Right, it's gone from the game and literally, I'd say, without, within three seconds, Ellis Genge emptied Josh van der Fleer mm. as we were talking in studio about it. So the big hits there was just all about technique. You know the way you said there was a
1: time when very recently that would have been just a rugby moment. Yeah. Uh, do you think, say in a Charlie Ewell situation, without making it all about him, but do you think players are trying to tackle much lower and yet they've had almost you know, 10, 15 years of doing it a certain way and almost they make the high tackle and they think oh, damn just, you know my subconscious took yeah. over and I did what was in my habit or do you think away in team meetings defensive coaches are still saying I want you to tackle no. high and stop the ball
0: I, listen you, because defensive coaches have to have an appreciation that you're going to do, have a much better job chance of doing the job if you've 15 men on okay. the mark. so, so it just I, comes I, out a really it. silly defensive coach is saying that I still want big shots mm-hmm. I think it's about defending as units now, still getting double hits in, but it's, you know, and if you get caught for an unlucky one, no defensive coach can have a problem. But very hard to, for any defensive coach to go, you know, to Charlie, well, you did your best. Mm. Like, it's just, that's not mm. good enough anymore, unfortunately. And the, the way the game has gone, we all know, we're watching at home, and we can see it's a red card and he knows it's a red card that there's, go, there's going to be very few complaints from people I think the people I was, I was at the game and I, did, I was doing a, a corporate thing afterwards and people were giving out about it because they saw it once and maybe on the replay once but it's if you have been watching the game for the last number of years it's, it's a non-decision Are you saying
1: the people in the corporate suite only watch the one or two games a year? What, can you believe it? <laughs> um, triple Crown Here's the stat that jumped out at me. Ireland haven't won a Triple Crown at home in 18 years. At home in 18
0: 2010 years. 2010 was, uh, was the second year, wasn't it, in Croker?
1: Scotland, yeah. So I had, a, I had a look back to 04, The lap of honour... Uh, the blonde locks, hey. Eddie O'Sullivan, but it was amazing. So I, there's a documentary on it, you know, because it was such a big deal at the time. So I was watching it on YouTube, and like, it's all the players talking about it, and Eddie O'Sullivan saying like, it hasn't sunk in yet, we've won-, <laughs> you know, we've won a triple crown, it hasn't sunk in. And the one that you're all so happy, like yeah. doing this lap of honour, like O'Gar is there, and he looks about eleven, and he's like, oh, I've been in City West for the last seven weeks. It's amazing to see what this means to people. This is the greatest day in my rugby career.
0: It, like 85, 85, is that Would how Would be, yeah. 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 So Ciarán Fitzgerald and the I crew. you have to understand that. And it's very hard to, to move on from 04 to now. I'm not, I'm not saying there's nothing to be ashamed of here. No, like, know not, it was I'm a not. moment in time. <laughs> you don't is. have to defend <laughs> it. You don't have to defend <laughs> I'm it. I'm not. <laughs> but it's, it was a big deal and it's, it's, it obviously was a catalyst for other things as well. There's it's not just that it's not it wasn't just a shot in the dark. Mm. Obviously at the time it was like it was big. You know we'd picked off South Africa in a win, an Australian win and they were big deals. You hadn't yeah. beaten Australia since 79. Big steps, yeah. So the, the, all there were momentous occasions to being able to ultimately go and achieve the Grand Salmon 09 and then subsequently what we've done in the last decade and victories against the All Blacks another you know, Grand Slam, other championships, European glory for clubs like it's significant where this country has come. For since sure, then. and like it was lovely seeing
1: all the players. You know, chatting to the media freely, like on the lap of honor, and just excited. Gervin Dempsey was like just high on life. You know, what do you think it means to the twenty twenty two
0: class a triple crown? It's not insignificant. Obviously, they're all about championship because yeah. they know what sort of team they are. What, what you know, the way things have unfolded in the last year in particular I think it's given them a different perspective on what their expectations should be Um, they've also got a very very driven captain that is setting standards and that wouldn't think that Triple Crown is it's still nice to win silverware but that's it's a means to the ultimate end of winning a championship, yeah. you know. So oh,
1: I wouldn't pop champagne until I'd seen
0: Johnny pop it first in the dressing room. No, no, like, I, I can't imagine that that will there will be any DVD uh, <laughs> about this. No, um. this is good. <laughs> uh, what chance of England
1: after this very emotional performance, and they'll be fatigued going to Paris uh, at eight o'clock on Saturday night and pulling off a shock?
0: I. Like they have a chance, but. You know, they, unsurprisingly France's banana skin was always going to be Wales wasn't it Mm. because it's that second last one I think it's to get yourself up for the last one England at home if you're picking from a relatively full deck um, it's very hard to see with how England have struggled in attack to see them really to outscoring France the only thing that would that could p- possibly hurt France is is ill discipline, and it feels like they've yeah. gone a long way towards sorting that. They're yeah. very, very well organized defensively. So, I there's always a chance, but you'd have to think that, um, you know, I always look now to understand to try and see what the the likelihood is, and 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 the spread is usually a good one. You'd have to think that France will be certainly eight or nine point favorites. OK.
1: Uh, by the way, offloads, Ireland
0: 11, England 4. Well, that's still, uh, that's significant. And we hadn't, like, I think we'd been averaging six, had we six or seven uh-huh. in the other games? And,
1: uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, other games, this championship, yeah, yeah. I still have last year's championship in mind where at times it was like one a game.
0: No, no, eight. I know that. We're, yeah. we're moving on from that. But yeah. but in this championship, so, you know, so, six, so another four or five on top of, mm. against, you know, a... a wound up English team is still you know a lot to be taken out of it and I thought some, of the, thought some of the passing was really really good as well quick mention for Gary Ringrose um, and some of his quality of passing I just thought outstanding right. um, ability to catch and pass under massive pressure so yeah that's in my notes so I wanted to get that across
1: very good our rugby coverage off the ball is with thanks to Vodafone main sponsor of the Irish rugby team we all belong to the team of us Brian Driscoll thank you very much cheers Joe Brian O'Driscoll, on Off The Ball, with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.